Hello, welcome to episode number four of Wrestling Recall, a weekly podcast about wrestling, about WWE and TNA. Uh, so, this week we had um, a pay-per-view, and it seems like I'm saying this every now and then, every week or so, but there are a lot of pay-per-views, and this this time was TNA's turn, and it was turning point. Uh, so I'm gonna cover that first, and then I'll I'll talk about Raw. I think the pay-per-view is uh, always more important, so I'm gonna start with it. Um, it was another great pay-per-view. It was a win for sure. And TNA has been on a roll when it comes to pay-per-views, and this one was no exception. We had great matches. We had better booking than in Bound for Glory. I think it was. Uh, it made more sense. Uh, it was not just pandering to the old guys in the roster. It was. Uh, it was. It meant me, me, me something, and it was actually something that I could back off. Um, but of course, this good booking only comes because it makes sense with the bad booking that was made in Bond for Glory. So, no mistakes that they made were fixed, they just continued to make sense after Bound for Glory. So Jeff Hardy is still the champion, Chavo Guerrero is still the champion, and Hernandez, and RVD is still the champion. So those decisions that I criticized, they are still standing, but it would make no sense to reverse and to take the titles off of them. And I think they wouldn't like it, since I, the only reason they have those those titles is because of who they are. I don't think they deserve that. And uh, it's not fair for the other members of the roster. So I'm going to start. I think I did this last pay-per-view. If not, well, I'm I'm sorry. But I'm going to talk about every match. Uh, so I'm going to do a match-by-match review. When, I, when it comes to Raw, I only talk about the segments that I like most because then this would be a bigger podcast than it already is uh, since it's a three-hour show and going to every segment and commenting on every segment it's kind of a bore so I'm doing a match-by-match review of Turning Point but on Raw I'll just comment on the things that I think are um, necessary to comment first uh, let's have the first match of the night it's Samoa Joe versus Magnus. I said this quite a, quite a few times, but I'm I really like this rivalry. I think it produced great matches, although short matches, but good matches, notwithstanding. I would like to see this iron the card with a bigger match, but of course it's it's it it did make sense uh, giving the other matches on the card to have this iron. It was a good. Um, it was a good match. It was non disqualification, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, and we we saw shares going at each other, and it was it was intense and at the same time uh, very well put together. It was as I said, short match it was 20, uh, 12 minutes, give it a take. And uh, Joe, I mean, Magnus didn't submit. It was Joe that, it was the referee that decided to stop the match. So I don't know if we're going to see a continuation of this with Magnus claiming that he didn't 
um, he didn't uh, give up and, or something like that. And since the TV title is disputed every week, we may see this come to fruition next week. Or, I mean, we don't need to wait for the next pay-per-view, at least with the current... Um, with the current setup that they have for the team title. Um, so this was a, a good match. I really like. Uh, and Magnus was. Uh, Magnus was great. Samoa Joe is always great I guess. So great match. And a very good opener. Second we had the. ODP and Eric. Eric Young. Team versus Terra and Jess. Jess or... Well, it's the big brother guy. I wasn't expecting much from this uh, match. It was just um, a quick comedy match, I guess. Uh, ODB uh, looked strong against Jess and uh, was a very strong woman against a very large man. Uh... But uh, it was a very fun match. I, I think that was the the intention of the match was to be a very fun, very light affair, and that's what it was. Uh, just a little uh, more light-hearted note on uh, otherwise very serious show. The exhibition championship match between Rob Van Dam and Joey Ryan was another short match. I guess it's the opener, so they don't get a lot of time. And it's good because then the main event and the other matches um, get more spotlight and more time to develop. And I didn't want to see Robin them uh, wrestle for a long time. Even if Joey Ryan is a great competitor, and I would like to see more of him. Um, but Joey Ryan deserved more, and I hope uh, this means that he's going to uh, go up the card against uh, Samoa Joe for the TV title or against Magnus. I don't know if it will change, but at, at least compete for the TV title because if he if he can't have the Xavier Championship, uh, at least make Joey Ryan do something meaningful. People are saying that this is just a setup for uh, some Matt Morgan program, but if I don't see Matt Morgan. Going for the X Division Championship, I don't think he even qualifies for that. So, I don't know what they are going to do with Rob Van Dam and Matt Morgan. I just would like Joey Ryan to uh, be given something of more substance than just being sidekick with Matt Morgan. Or is Matt Morgan a sidekick? I haven't understood because Matt Morgan is working with, with Hulk Hogan and Joey Ryan is just losing to Rob Van Dam every pay-per-view. So, I don't know who is winning from this situation, but I guess it's Matt Morgan. Even if Joey Ryan talks for him, which he should because Matt Morgan is not that good on the mic. Although he's kind of intense and he gets some points for that. But Joey Ryan is clearly the better talker. And he's doing that kind of work for Matt Morgan. And I don't know if this is going to elevate Matt Morgan and... Joey Ryan is going to be the pushed, or if Joey Ryan will get a push alongside Matt Morgan, I don't know. But it was a short match. It was a typical RVD match. You just can't help to wonder uh, and to think about times when RVD was a faster worker and not kind of a very slow paced. Tries to be fast, but 
is very heavy for what he's trying to do. I guess that's how I view his work. It just seems very heavy with his offense, and when he t- jumps and does does his kicks and his roll ups, it just seems very heavy for what he's doing. You, it's not as just fast and lighter as some other um, high flyers and more lightweight workers. Since RVD is not lightweight anymore. Um, let's see how this goes to Joey Ryan and. Not a bad match. It was a regular match, I guess. Nothing uh, worth talking about. Uh, and then, as I said, Matt Morgan stood tall after the um, the match and attacked RVD. And I don't know, as I said, if this is going to be Matt Morgan versus RVD for the title or if just it's a setup for something bigger. Now, Joseph Park versus Doc, or aka Luke Gallows. Uh, we we saw this from um, Joseph Park in his feud with uh, with um, uh, Bullet Ray. Uh, is as if you don't know already, Joseph Park is a biz and. He's just playing the brother part, I guess. And when he sees blood, he turns back into a beast, and it's devastating. I was actually expecting expecting Joseph Park to win when he did that uh, black hole slam. I think that's the name of it of that move. When he did when he did that uh, a beast move, I thought it, it for sure he's going to win. But uh, Doc um, uh, went uh, went over. And uh, that makes sense because the Aces and Aces need to look strong. And losing for Joseph Park, even if he was turned into a beast, it would not be um, very uh, good and very flattering for um, for Doc and for the Aces and Aces. And uh, I don't know, but it seemed like um, Tez called... A beast, it's Joseph Park. I didn't catch that right, or even, his, or maybe he referenced to him being his brother. Uh, so uh, I don't know, but maybe I, I just uh, misheard that. I'm waiting for Botchamania. If Botchamania has that piece, then I didn't misheard it. If so, I misheard it, which which is probably because I haven't seen anybody comment on that. So I probably, I probably misheard it. Uh, then we had some backstage um, uh, backstage interviews, um, and then we had Bobby Roode. We had Bobby Roode uh, talk about his contender match. That it, it was a very hype match throughout the night. We, I think we had Storm, and then we had Roode. I don't know if Styles talked about it, but we had uh, quite a setup to this, and it really felt like it was important. And I liked how they did that. Then we had the tag tech championship, tag team championships, with another short match. I, the matches weren't very long; there were a lot of the, a lot of matches, and it was just thirteen minutes, not a very long match. And it was uh, very, um, it was very chavo. Guerrero like I mean you had his 
Eddie impression was full on, like it always is. So I'm not gonna. I think I'm not gonna criticize this every pay per view or every week. Chavo just wrestles like uh, Eddie Guerrero wanna be, and that's very disconcerting. But um, the Eagles and Kazarian were uh, on top of their game. They even danced Gangnam Style. They were very. They worked very well together. And even though they didn't win, which is a shame because they are way better tech, uh, way better tech team than Chavo and Hernandez, uh, they should have win. They should have should have won or at least be the champions. If not, just have uh, advanced in the card because they are they are way better than Chavo and Hernandez. Um, we had a lot of tornado tag team style. Um, there was a lot of confusion and just. They didn't actually follow the rules in some parts, which is normal with wrestling. They don't actually follow the rules most of the times. And, um, but it was a. I think it was it was a a good match. Uh, it was uh, above average for Chabot and Hernandez, and they actually put up a good match because Kazarian Daniels are so good that they just elevate everything they work. with. In, and they are very entertaining. One of the, if not maybe the best tag team in wrestling today, at least in TNA, WWE, if, if even better than Dan Bryan and um, Kane for sure, because they are more of a traditional tag team than Bryan and Kane, They're more a comedic, comedy act. So not as, uh, not as. Comedy style, more serious um, tactic, and they retain. Now we had yes, we had AJ Styles talk uh, after this. So yes, we had every member of the um, triple threat match was featured in promos within the show. Um, now we had a. Uh, 16 minute match. Uh, I think it was a very good match. It was certainly above average. It was not match of the year contender. But we had uh, we had uh, old school styles from Storm and Ruth, at least that they uh, teased to an old school vibe from their tag team. We had AJ Styles being. Awesome as he always is. We had that animosity between Ruth and Storm that it's always present. Uh, uh, it's always present, and they really played off that really well with uh, AJ Styles. They were all in that together, uh, and they. It was it was one of the best. Uh, triple threat matches I've seen this year and they really told a great story with all that with the high stakes that were present on the match and they were really high stakes and I guess it was a very strong match not the best on the card, that's reserved for the main event it was the best match of the card uh, but it was maybe second match of the night then we had Kurt Angle versus Devon which was another short. I think the matches were uh, very short. Maybe because the main event was a little a long, not a little longer, but the matches were very short. And it, 
like 10 minutes, 15 minute mark was, every match was kind of like that, we had a lot of promos, I would, I mean, I, I understand that there needs to be promos, but maybe less promos, more wrestling, in terms of pay-per-view, if I want to watch promos, then you have the normal impact episodes to give me promos, and then just wrestling, because we have a main event with 21 minutes, and it's the longer ma longer match of the night, and it's not that long, and the other matches, maybe the triple threat could have used more time. And that, that pretty much that match could have used more time. And the main event, because the main event deserves uh, uh, more time for sure. Uh, then um, we had Devon versus Kurt Angle. Um, and uh, we had... Angle um, winning, um, which was surprising. I wasn't expecting Angle to win, although Devon is not uh, exactly uh, on par with Kurt Angle. He's uh, notably weaker than Kurt Angle. So it made sense that Angle won, but I was not expecting it. I was expecting the Aces and Aces to tri triumph throughout the match, maybe even if Doc got involved, uh, and he did in the end, uh, and he threatened Kurt Angle uh, until uh, the the, uh, the end of the shot, until TNA faded to black, uh, still, it was, I mean, Devon has, uh, it's a very limited offense in the ring, Devon does the same uh, bumps, and, does the same power bombs every match. It's pretty much all the same. He does. He's not a very varied wrestler. He's a very weak wrestler. And even if Kurt Angle is the opposite, even though he kind of gets cliche in his matches with uh, the three um, that I sorry I don't know the name of that. It's a back. It's not a back to back suplex. Suplex. It's he just throws them over his back. Kind of black. It's not a back-to-back -back suplex, but it's something similar. And it does three of those, and then he gets prepared for the ankle lock, or maybe he does ankle slam and then ankle lock. It does all the same setup, which is fine. But apart from that, he's not very limited in the ring. He's a very good wrestler. And Devon is the opposite. He has very... Uh, uh, it's a very limited offense. And um, um, and it's very it's a very well it's a very uh, average or maybe a little under average match because Devon is not the most interesting guy to see in the ring and not even Angle could change that. The end with Doc uh, threatening Angle was actually pretty cool because I think. Uh, uh, Luke Gallows versus Kurt Angle match is going to be very interesting. It's way more in line of what I want to see and not Devon wrestling. Devon is just going to wrestle against uh, Bully Ray eventually with Bully Ray probably going over, I don't know. but um, So that will be the match that people are waiting for, not exactly Kurt Angle versus Devon. It's just a setup for bigger things for uh, Devon. Um... Then we had a more, uh, more 
backstage uh, promos with Styles um, looking like he's gonna turn heel. I don't know, but he looked very sad and intense in that promo. Then uh, you had Austin Aries doing um, interview. Uh, Aries is always interesting in the ring, so he's uh, always sorry. He's interesting in the mic, so he's a great talker. You need his is is it was very it was a very good promo and a good setup for the main event. And what a main event! I think it was the best match of the night. It was not match of the year, contender, but it was a very good match. Because if there is one thing that Jeff Hardy knows how to do is ladder matches. He's not the best wrestler, far from it. He's not the best talker, far from it. But when it comes to ladder matches or TLC matches, Jeff Hardy takes the cake. He's one of the best on that genre. And one of the best of all time, probably, doing that. On the other hand, Ares is not that type of wrestler. Is a way more technical and mad wrestler than uh, a leather a match wrestler. But I think, uh, and this one, J uh, Jeff Hardy did all the crazy stunts, was more on Jeff Hardy part, even though we saw uh, Jeff Hardy throwing uh, Austin Aries to, from one ladder to ladder to another, there was position on the ropes. And a twist of fate in, on top of a ladder, that ladder in, in, on top of the ropes. So we saw all of that stunts made by, um, by Ares. But the get thrown away from the ladder, it was all done by Ares, like I think two or three times it was thrown, uh, off the ladder. And then we had, I think it was the best moment of the match when, um, Javari was uh, climbing the ladder, he was on top of the ladder, and he was reaching for the titles, and then suddenly the titles um, uh, go up, because uh, Austin Aries was controlling the elevation of the the belt suite, which meant that Javari was then needed, needed then to retrieve the bigger ladder. That was actually very fun, I think it was very entertaining. And overall, a great match. Uh, I don't like Jeff Hardy, and it's a very well-known fact that I don't like him. But when doing leather matches, you couldn't ask for a better participant or a better opponent. Uh, Hardy knows what he's doing. Because he's just a very crazy dude with... Um, with... Uh, he's just a very crazy dude with very... Uh, low self-preservation instincts, he just throws himself the way he needs to be, and it was a very, uh, was a very good match, even if RD won, I guess it needs, uh, uh, it was very, I mean, it was predictable that Ardu was going to win. They wouldn't just give him the title to take it away one, uh, a month on the next pay-per-view. Uh, uh, but Ardu really gave all of himself on the match. Throw had amazing bumps, amazing falls. So overall, a great match. A great way to finish this pay-per-view. A win for sure for TNA. 
great pay-per-view. I don't think there's there was any match that I didn't like uh, uh, completely. Some weaker matches, but the main event uh, for sure sold this pay-per-view. And let's see what what comes from Storm versus Hardy. If I mean, if there's something that Hardy knows to do is ladder matches. So I think we saw the best of Hardy this year. And let's see how it goes from here. So this was uh, my TNA turning point uh, review or uh, analysis, whatever you want to, uh, whenever whatever you want to uh, call it. Now moving on to Raw. I did my notes. I usually for uh, I usually do my notes. I I don't do my notes while watching the show. I just re- I watch the show normally. I watch the three hours of it, and then. Uh, when it comes to recording the pay-per-view, I'll go see um, the live, the results and just uh, point what I think it's most important and what I thought about it because I still remember what I thought about it. I just don't do notes during the show because I want to focus on the show, just enjoy it. Then I do the notes uh, one day, two days after it and to see what's more important. I actually like to read uh, people's impressions to see what people are talking about after a match, after a uh, uh, an episode of Raw, or TNA, or uh, although TNA is less talked about. And I'm going to start off the bat with the most important aspect, and the thing that everybody talked about uh, the day after Raw. It's the fake art attack. I think people are getting worked up over something that really doesn't entitle to be worked up about. Yes, Eamon faked an art attack. Yes, it may be a little out of taste. But I must remember you that Jerry Lawler probably okayed the segment. He maybe even suggested it. So it's not like they were really making fun of Jerry Lawler. It was just a scripted segment. I may remind you. And people saying it was out of taste. It was edgy. And people are clamoring for edgy content. Well, I'm going to give you a hint. Edgy content doesn't mean just blood. Edgy content means a eel doing everything it takes to get booed. And uh, people know that CM Punk desperately needs to gain it because he's not getting very it. People don't cheer for him, but they're not actually booing him a lot. So he's not being a very good uh, eel when it comes to very eel it. And this is the perfect manner for him to get it. It needs to be the more the most controversial, and saying things that are way out of line, including this faking art attack. I like how he sold it very well, and Eamon did an excellent job, as he always does. <coughs> and Punk really looked um, upset, and like it was real. And I guess some people on the audience may have thought, is this real? Is, is this, isn't this real? It did the X sign that meant that something really went wrong. I guess there was a play on a smart crowd. And uh, it was very controversial, but I think that was the point. And it achieved that point with uh, great results. I think I liked it. It was entertaining. It was edgy. And it was fun. And Jerry Lawler is a veteran in his business. He knows that sometimes you do things in a ring that are not personal. They are not meant to attack him. It's just wrestling. It's just business. Uh, it's the same way when 
punk insults Foley on the promo. He's not really meaning it. It's just promo work. It's just part of the show. And Mike Foley then came in and um, looked very upset with Punk and talked about Survivor Series, which actually doesn't make any sense because Foley's not going to face Punk at Survivor Series. He should have doing these promos with Ziggler and not focusing on Punk. Forget it. That ship has sailed. And uh, yes, you do a promo, but don't threaten him or don't say like it means it cares because it just takes away from your Survivor Series match. The Survivor Series for Team Foley and Team Ziggler has absolutely no reason to be, has absolutely no setup. And even though if if it can be a, a no K match, it's still very disjointed and meaningless at the end of the show. It won't mean anything. So I only said this. I'm saying it again. It's just a stupid decision of the, what they did. And if people talk about this pay-per-view, it won't be about the Survivor Series match. And I don't know if people are going to talk about Survivor Series match at all. It's going to be all main event. And that's all the card has to offer. It's the main event. If you are going to buy this pay-per-view, if you're going to spend like 50 bucks, I think that's how it costs on the United States. Like here in Portugal, it's 10 euros. Still 50 bucks for just a match. And it's going to probably be not a very long match. I don't think it's worth it, but the card they are offering is very, very bad. It's just a low, low-end card. There's, it's supposed to be one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year, but if you compare it to WrestleMania, and even Royal Rumble, you will see that it's just a shame. Uh, and even SummerSlam looked better than this. Even if SummerSlam looked pretty damn bad, you still had Brock Lesnar versus Triple H. And uh, Punk, Cena, and Big Show. Those are two strong matches with star power. And on Survivor Series, which is supposed to be the fourth great pay-per-view of the year, you have one main event that's worth talking about. And it's worth talking about, but it's just the same guys that are involved in the past four pay-per-views or so. John Cena, Punk, and then another opponent. In this case, Ryback that faced Punk last pay-per-view. It's not very new. It's it's new in at some extent, but it's not something that we never saw before. Uh, we all we all know how Punk and and Cena work together, and we all know how Ryback works. So I guess the news is Cena versus Ryback. That's the big uh, news of this match. And we have uh, Sheamus versus. Uh, versus Big Show, I think that's uh, that's a given. I don't know if it's it was announced yet, but it's a given. And that we already saw that last uh, pay-per-view. We have that old Survivor Series mismatch that is meaningless. We have R-Truth versus Cesaro, which is just a filler. And then we probably get thrown out a Divas match and maybe something, maybe a tag team match just to to run it all up. So it's just a very weak pay-per-view. It's not... It's not a... a one of the four bigs. I think Alina Cell was bigger than this. Sure, we didn't add Cena, but we had a fresh a match with Ryback and Punk. We had a great match between Sheamus and Big Show, which is probably going to be a great match again, but still, it was new. It was fresh. And we had the tag team bound for the titles. I think I'm not saying Elvin Cell was at a better card or a, a way better card than Survivor Series, 
But if you say that LNSL is just a filler pay-per-view, Survivor Series is the big one. We're not going to see really any difference between between the two. It's not like, whoa, this is totally different, it's totally better, and it really screams one of the four pay-per-views. It doesn't, and this Survivor Series is a letdown. Everybody was expecting something big like Undertaker or Brock Lesnar, or even a, a, a meaningful uh, ta- um, team team uh, tag team match. I remember people were ex- uh, were saying that uh, Brock Lesnar was going to unite with Ayman and Punk and maybe Dean Ambrose or something new. It doesn't need to be Dean Ambrose, but something a new player. And then those guys were going to face Triple H, John Cena, and maybe two faces. I don't uh, I don't know Randy Orton, another guy. Uh, and that was supposed to be the big uh, Survivor Series match, and that would have been a big match. <laughs> Sorry, but instead we got this very luxury pay per view. Now getting back to Raw because I kind of, but this this was a go home episode for Survivor Series, so it makes sense for me to reference it. Uh, things that are important to say about well I think the ending was very good with Cena uh and Punk they had a good match. Cena and Punk always deliver they are they have very good chemistry together and I always enjoy them. So I I, I saw them together like two, three times this year. Maybe more uh they had the SummerSlam match was a tri- triple threat, so maybe it doesn't count. But you had Raw and Thousand match. Then we had this match. At least two, at least two main events on Raw was Cena versus Punk. So they deliver. So no comp. I and then you had uh, Night of Champions. So three matches with Cena versus Punk. They always deliver, so I have no complaints about it. Uh, excepting that it's very repetitive and it's nothing fresh or new or that exciting. Uh, and then in the end, you had Cena and Ryback with the stare down, and Punk looking in the background desperate because he wasn't reaching for the title. Because Cena and Ryback had the title in their hands, and Punk was just looking desperate and thinking, "What I'm gonna do? What am I gonna do with my life? These guys are gonna take the title away from me." And he was trying to reach for the title, and he was not getting it. it was very funny and entertaining. I think they, they, the the old setup was very uh, well done. And I actually liked it a lot. I think it was certainly a good way to end the show. Even if the show is nothing special, uh, it was a great way to end it. And I said this, the show was nothing special, um, but it was, I think, an above average role. It was nothing special compared to, I mean, there's, it's not very, I think it was not very just eye paced. Uh, it was uh, slow at part, maybe because of that Cena versus Cena and AJ thing, which is more slow paced, and the throwaway tag team matches always bug me because yes, we have a tag team scene, but they really have no reason. There's no stories there. They should at least give us a reason to care about the tag team division. Apart from Kane and Brian, there's nobody there as a story. Nobody there does promos. They just fight each other each week in matches that are becoming increasingly, increasingly, increasingly boring. Still, the faces went over tonight. Some high flying spots. Uh, and but it's really nothing worth talking about. It's just 
the same um, tag teams versus the others without story to go through, without um, any promo work, without anything. No, just a lot of matches with no substance. Then we had Big Show versus uh, William Regal, which was Big Show destroying William Regal. That's uh, all it all it was, and with Seamus coming in the end, helping William Regal and um, standing tall over Big Show, which knocked him out. And I guess that was a nice setup. It's a go. I think they still have SmackDown before Survivor Series. So let's go. Let's see what they do, what they are going to do there. But it's a good way to advance the storyline and involve a veteran, uh, which is always nice to see Regal uh, wrestle. And even if it was against the Big Show, it was no exception. And we are. I'm gonna reference more, three more segments. It's the Ryback, Maddox, Our Truth, Tenzai, and Kane Miz team up. Teaming up with Brian being jealous. I'm going to start with the weakest one. It was R-Truth versus Tensai. I guess Tensai is now jobbing for everyone. It's official. Tensai is a jobber. As well as Brothers Clay. So two of the greatest promises of this year. Just fell flat. I remember Tensai received a big push. When he entered the WWE. With his new gimmick. He, he beat Cena clean. So that was as big as a push as you can get right now. Is you get to beat John Cena clean. And then you beat Punk clean. Punk at the time was a face. So it was a pretty big push. But it didn't amount to nothing. And now he's jobbing for everybody in the roster. I guess uh, it fell flat. It was a bad gimmick to start. And it never took off. It just... I don't know if it was gimmick's fault, if, if it was a worker's fault, but I I won't I wouldn't admire if if uh, sorry Tensai is sent sent back to Japan uh, shortly. He's not doing anything unless they repack repackage him and give him a new gimmick. I'm not seeing it uh, work out. Bros Clay is gonna have a new gimmick. Everybody, I think it's pretty known by now. Let's see what they come up with. Uh, they did a pretty lousy job with this Brothers Clay thing. Um, <clears throat> it was just doing from the start. It was just a thing for the kids, and kids get tired quick. And adult population never liked Brothers Clay, so it's no surprise that it didn't work out. Um, uh, and then in the end, we had Cesaro and R Truth, a very com- a confrontation between the two that is gonna set up the. The match at the pay-per-view. Uh, it's th- this is the first uh, meaningful rivalry that Cesaro has since uh, Santino Morello because he had matches against Justin Gabriel and uh, Zack Ryder, but none of those had any setup or reason to be whatsoever. Right now we have a rivalry with our truth, so that's an improvement. It's not the best rivalry in the world. It's not uh, something that you must. It's not must seen television, but it's. I mean, he gets the job done. Just all I ask sometimes, just a little bit of story between two opponents. Just that. I think if they don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about it, at least do what they are doing, which is not true, and just let him talk to each other a little bit, uh, get in each other's nose a little bit, and just give us a reason to care. Then Ryback Maddox. 
this was the I think that was the match that people were interested about because I don't know if people were thinking that Maddox was going to win so he could get his way into the WWE scene. Of course, he was never going to win clean, but Punk could have intervened and gave the win to Maddox. Still, the opposite happened. Maddox was destroyed by Ryback. Ryback just toyed with him, threw him around. He actually did some nice bumps, Maddox. And in the end, after winning the match, uh, Ryback continued the beat down and stuffed uh, Maddox in an ambulance. It was a very brutal match in terms of... It was a very good beat down. I, I don't know if that's what being a WWE star is all about. I think Maddox is going to rethink his career choice. It was just... It, take, it took a lot of bumps. Some good ones. I think he sold... The, that bidding um, in a satisfactory manner, and let's see what's what I think. Uh, I know, no, I don't know. It's said that Maddox is uh, one of Triple H's guys, so we will see Maddox getting back maybe early next year and getting a big push. Because if you are friends with Triple H, you will get everything you want on WWE. Ask Sheamus. Uh, then the last segment I'm gonna talk about, and I this podcast is running a little longer than than the last ones. Not a, a lot, but a little longer. It was Kane, Brian, and the Miz. I don't know if they are gonna follow up this storyline. If they do, I I hope they do. I hope that's a rare series they address this because Brian played. Uh, so sorry, the setup was Kane was going to uh, to team up with Miz, which was the you're going to be up with the third member, the sorry, the last member of the Team Follies team. Team Follies. Yeah, Team Follies. The last member of Team Follies. That was going to be chosen by the audience. The audience voted and the Miz was the winner. So the Miz is going to team up with Kane against Rose Scholars. But the problem is Brian was very jealous. Before the match, he asked Kane... He said to Kane that if it was the opposite, if uh, he was forced to to tag team with someone else, he wouldn't do it because he was faithful to to Kane. It was very funny seeing Brian portray the jealous wife kind of role. He tried to intervene against the Miz, but it didn't work. Miz still won, uh, still continued to to be in the match, and it was not beat down, and then Brian pretended to support Miz and shouted some words, clearly not meant words for uh, Miz, some encouragement words, that was just, just sounded jealous, like everything Brian was doing, it was just a jealous effort, I think it was very funny, uh, Brian, uh, as always, did a great job um, portraying the jealous uh, tag team partner role. Kane was just fed up and like, I don't care about this, I just want to win a match, I just, I just want to beat down some dudes. That's uh, That was the Kane attitude uh, on that on that match. But still very entertaining and I, I, I hope to see what's going to happen on Sarara series with Brian and, and Miz. And if there's going to be a, uh, some sort of... Uh, mini rivalry because Brian was a former mentor of the Miz, which is kind of strange because Brian is a better wrestler than the Miz, and he, 
It's a better wrestler than Miz for a long time. I saw a match of Brian Danielson versus uh, John Cena in 2004. I don't know. He was on SmackDown. It was before Cena became big. And it was Brian Danielson versus John Cena. It was a five-minute match. And by God, it was the best five-minute match I've ever seen. I didn't know that John Cena could wrestle that way. But I guess Brian Danielson is just that good. He can make Cena look a great wrestler. If you... If you have the time, just search Brian Danielson versus John Cena, and it's probably gonna happen. It's a SmackDown match, <clears throat> and it's amazing. And Brian was already a great wrestler almost ten years ago, so he's just ten years better. And it shows, and it's a shame that he doesn't get to wrestle every week, twenty-minute matches, because that would be amazing. I said it last week. I said it again. Please let Brian. Wrestle because he is the best wrestler you have on the roster. He deserves some more time to show us his craft. Even if promos are also a great way to expose Brian because he's 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 getting way better on uh, his promo work. He's getting better by the second and very entertaining. The, one of the most entertaining parts of the show, apart from the main event scene. And well, this was. My Raw review and Turning Point review previously. Uh, it was Wrestling Recall. Don't forget, if you like the podcast, you can go to totalwrestlingrecall.blogspot.com and like and like us there. Tweet us or just plus one us. I don't know if that's the correct use of the phrase. Still, you can do all those things to show us support. If not, just listen. If you listen to the end, please do that. It would mean a lot. If not, just enjoy podcast next week. I'll be back with more reviews of Survivor Series this time and Raw and Impact. If I have time for it all, if not, I'll figure out where to cut it. Thank you. This was Wrestling Recall and I'll see you, or at least you will hear me next week. Thank you.